0: Hi everyone, it's Robbie Lucky here, and this is the PBN Podcast. We're excited today to introduce you to Mr. Ed Kennedy-McFoy. He's a former fireman, an author, a speaker, and of course a vegan activist as well. Welcome, Ed. Hi, Robbie. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure to have you here. So, before we dive into your history and learn all about you as a person, tell us how you got involved in the plant-based slash vegan world. Okay. So, um...
1: It was a, just roughly two years ago now, I, I actually initially went on a date with a young lady who happened to be a vegan, and I didn't know much about veganism, and when I found out she was a vegan, my reaction was like, <laughs> I was disappointed, I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to go out and eat food, and obviously, you know, vegans only eat plants, right? So, so I was thinking, what are we going to eat? And her response was, oh, I can eat anywhere, just take me anywhere, mm-hmm. we can eat anywhere. Yeah. So we went to a restaurant, I, I didn't eat vegan, she did, I can't remember what she had. And basically at the end of the night, just out of curiosity, I, I asked her, so, you know, why, why vegan? You know, she just said, oh, the animals, I don't think we should kill animals, I think it's, it's cruel, so, so um, I became a vegan. So I, was, I said, okay, and I, I thought nothing more of it. She challenged me then to watch a documentary, mm-hmm. um, Earthlings. She said, "Earthlings conspiracy or something else?" My aunt was in the hospital at the, at the time, mm. and she had cancer. Mm. She was on her way out, so she said, "Don't watch Earthlings because mm. it's a bit sad." Mm. So I so watch Earthlings. <laughs> 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 I mean, I've watched it. Um, I yeah, mean, yeah. it's turned it's ter- many people. And yeah. the things I saw on the on the documentary, it just yeah. it made me ask myself those mm. fundamental questions: Do I think because? I'm a human being. Mm. We are superior race mm-hmm. and have the right to another person's life, mm-hmm. an animal's life, another being. And the answer was no. So um, I watched it back to back. I mean,
0: when did you watch it? Like at night or? It was it was
1: half eleven oh, at wow. night. Wow, okay. So, you know, it's an hour and a half. Long. Before sleep. I watched
0: it and then... Did you sleep?
1: I watched it again. Mm. Oh, the wow. second time, you know, and it it hurt me, but I, mm. I felt that I needed to see it again. I needed to put myself through that again because I've been ignorant Mm. to the ongoings for so long. And throughout the first um, viewing, Mm. I became a vegan. Mm -hmm. I went to bed. I woke up in the morning and I just cleared all animal products out of That's my kitchen. That's incredible,
0: isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it amazing how we can go from being one person to being totally different the next day? Because food is such a big part of who we are, part of our culture, part of our health, part of our heritage. And we can just create that instant shift in our life because someone, obviously via a documentary, can yeah. present us this new information and suddenly our entire world view shifts.
1: Exactly. I think you, yeah. it's, you've got to be open to it. Right, of course. You know, but, yeah, you yeah. know, we're humans, we claim to know the, the, the yeah. difference between right and wrong, and it's, um, it's powerful. I think human beings are, are naturally loving and compassionate mm. creatures. Mm-hmm. So you know, as long as you're open to it, and the, the information is there, mm. and you've got that will, you get that will and desire, yeah. it, it makes a transition so much easier.
0: Do you think we're born with compassion, or do you think we have to be taught it?
1: I think... I
0: think we're born with compassion.
1: Mm-hmm. I really do, I think we're, I think we're naturally compassionate mm-hmm. beings. Um, yeah, it's within us.
0: Mm. Yeah, definitely. Because if you see, uh, you know, if there's a motorway and there's, a car, and there's cars going down the motorway and a family of ducklings cross the road, what, a, what a 99.99% are 99.99% of people gonna do? They're not gonna jump out, bludgeon the ducklings mm. to death and then eat them on the way to work, are they? Exactly. Which is what a carnival would do. Exactly. Most human beings, unless you're psychopathic, will probably stop the car, stop the entire motorway, and yes. save the ducklings and then head home. The irony is, is that most people will head to work, probably sit down and munch on a bacon sandwich yeah. or a duck sandwich, or not even thinking about the the difference between their love for animals yeah. and the fact that they're involved in a in a violent and oppressive system of other sentient beings. Definitely, I
1: think it's I think it's because the, the, the connection isn't there. Yeah. You know, we've been uh, we've been brainwashed. Mm. You know, from from children, we've been taught that, you know, out of seven million possible species on this planet, mm. you know, each belief system says, okay, we can eat this, these seven or eight, but mm. to eat any of the others, mm-hmm. you know, that'd be disgusting. Mm. That's why, mm. you know, we can look at someone eating a dog in China. Mm-hmm. And I remember yeah. seeing a, a clip of someone killing a dog. Mm. I can't remember what... Um, whether it was on Facebook or oh,
0: like the dog meat trade in China, yeah, mm-hmm. and I remember yeah. seeing that,
1: and this was before I was a vegan, oh, mm. I was disgusted, mm. you know, why do you think you were disgusted? because I'd been taught to believe I was part of that belief system mm. that you know that's a pet, we don't kill dogs, right, you know, but then when you sit down and think about it, yeah, an animal's an animal,
0: right
1: you know, yeah, we love animals love, mm-hmm. we feel pain, mm-hmm. animals feel pain, mm-hmm. you know there's there's you know we've been we've been taught to differentiate between animals when the truth of the matter is they're all the same Mm.
0: you know yeah do you think that the more people that go vegan will humans will start treating each other better what do you think about that definitely i mean
1: everyone says world peace world Mm. peace well everyone wants world peace Mm -hmm. and yeah that's that is important that is what we should all be striving for Mm -hmm. But you've got to think, if if we can't be loving and compassionate towards defenseless, Mm -hmm. voiceless Mm -hmm. animals who have every desire Mm -hmm. to live, who do us no harm. Just like us. Just like us. Mm. How can we ever show love and compassion to fellow human beings? Mm -hmm. You know, if
0: we can start there peace starts on our plate exactly that i yeah, love that yeah i love that it's so true that. and i think for a lot of people when they when they realize this they understand that three times a day or whenever they make these choices they have an opportunity to align their life with their beliefs yeah. you know most people are good people yes. and most human beings are compassionate creatures we are often put in positions which cause us to become selfish or greedy or fearful or whatever um, and I think like intrinsically, as you said, and I agree, human beings are born with an innate desire to want to be compassionate, to connect with others, to, be, to share. That's why I think a theory is why social media is so, is so, is so popular, mm-hmm. because humans have an innate desire to want to share, to want to talk, to want to communicate, to want to connect. And you know, animals are the same. You know, you watch a cow, you stand on the side of a field and the cows will come up and look at you and, out of curiosity. They're gentle, innocent creatures. And humans, in many, de- in many ways, are quite innocent. But our environment and our society that's been built up around us has kind of twisted us into yeah. these selfish, self-absorbed creatures. And our Western society, which has obviously only appeared very recently, mm. is, has taken it to the like nth degree, which is now resulting in, a, in a huge amounts of illness and the damage to our environment. We're kind of like tipping the scale completely the other way. And,
1: you know, and it's... it's it's happening. That's, that's how, that just demonstrates to me the, the strength of the belief system, mm-hmm. you know, because we're killing ourselves, right. and we're killing our planets, right. we're happy doing that, mm. you know, it's, it's, I feel like, it's like a form of hypnotism, yeah. you know? It is, like the Matrix, yeah, have exactly. seen the I, Matrix? I call, I call it, I call all the time I say, <laughs> yeah, living in the Matrix, and yeah.
0: I feel like I'm, you, I'm, I'm i of it. We always talk, I've talked about it quite a few yeah. times, especially with all the men on the podcast, because yeah. obviously The Matrix isn't, I mean, it's some women like The Matrix, but it's quite a boy's film, yeah. isn't it? Not to not <laughs> the stereotype, but, but you know, you take the red pill, you wake up, you get the truth, yeah. you take the blue pill, you go back to sleep, and you kind of deny it. Yeah, live that life. You know, and, you know think about who we are as people we are our animals Mm. we are dna we are flesh just like the animals on this planet and we share huge amounts of dna with all these creatures Mm. we even the plants something someone told me we're like 50 percent the same dna as a banana (laughs) 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 which is which is hilarious but you know every living thing on this planet shares a common ancestor Mm. and we all spring from this beautiful tree of life so when we are consuming animals Existentiously, existentiously existentially existentially existentially, <laughs> existentially we are consuming ourselves yeah in a way it's the snake eating its tail isn't mm. it and you know that we all know leads to nowhere exactly and i think that. this is this oblivion human humanity is kind of like spiraling mm. into yeah it's like a self-annihilation and consuming the flesh really it's a consuming ourselves
1: I definitely i definitely agree with that yeah. and just in becoming a vegan you know I felt that instantly mm, mm. you know no longer consuming and it's death mm. as well you know it's not just death it's it's pain mm. that you're consuming it's it's, yeah. it's it's suffering it's fear it is yeah you know and yeah i've just got a real sense of you're know, not just physically
0: mm. Well, clearly you're not lacking any protein. Just for the the listeners, Ed is very strong, strapping, (laughs) muscular young man. (laughs) It's
1: it's funny because that's and that's the question I get all the time. And where do you get your protein from? How can you be a vegan? And and I just like like it's a myth. Obviously, if you're if you're weight training and you're putting your your muscles under that stress, you're going to need a higher protein intake. Mm -hmm. But you get that from plants. Mm. All plants have protein. That's the thing. Where, yeah. When people ask me where I get my protein from, I say where your protein gets its protein from. Yeah. Because it's a good the protein's from the plants. Mm-hmm. You know, animals have protein because they eat the plants. So we're effectively filtering our nutrients from a dead animal's body instead mm-hmm. of going straight to the source. Mm-hmm. And they're wondering why there's so much cancer and mm-hmm. so much heart disease and so much illness, mm-hmm. diabetes. And... Mm-hmm. You know, the the information's out there, you know, it's Mm. been proven.
0: And how do you you feel? And how do you feel two years in? Like, how do you feel
1: physically? Physically, I feel the best I've ever felt. I mean, you you comment about my physique. Mm. I actually, in the last two years, I've probably been to the gym about 20, 30 times and that was recently in America. I deliberately stopped Mm. training. Mm -hmm. I took up yoga Mm -hmm. and running, Mm -hmm. purely because at at the fire station, Mm At the time, because I was promoting veganism,
0: mm-hmm.
1: oh, whenever people come in, oh my gosh, you're so big. You've always, <laughs> you've always been that big. You were that big before you became a vegan. So I just right. thought to myself, okay, so what I'll do, I'll stop training, mm-hmm. I'll come back down mm-hmm. to the size I was mm-hmm. when I was 18, which mm-hmm. I'm roughly there now, mm-hmm. and then I'll start training yeah. again just to prove mm-hmm. you can build you can. lean muscle on a yeah. plant-based diet.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is possible. I don't know if you know Nimai Delgado on Instagram, if you've ever seen him. No, he's an American lad. Yeah. He has been, um, he's never eaten meat from birth. Yeah. and He's built like a brick shit house. The man wow. is huge. And you know, he's a prime example of someone who's never consumed yeah. meat in his entire life. There you, go. you know, so it is possible and that's the irony. So you mentioned firemen. So you used to be a fireman. Tell yeah, us. But, well, we say firefighter. 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 A politically right, of course. correct term. <laughs> firefighter. Yeah, that's so okay. how
1: long were you a firefighter? So I was a firefighter for 13 years. Yeah, wow. I joined when I was 22, and I, yeah. I only recently uh, recently resigned mm. after, um, well, prior to publishing my mm-hmm. my first book, *Into mm-hmm. the Fire*. Yeah. Um, once again, that was a interesting journey. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a job that's.
0: How did it, you get into it? What made you? Pick I was
1: that? I was um, I was driving an ambulance at the time, mm-hmm. and it just came on the radio, mm-hmm. London Fire Brigade mm-hmm. now recruiting, and. You know, my calling in life has always been to help people, you know. So I I thought, oh, fire brigade, that sounds interesting. That's a job in which I get to help people, save lives. And I thought it would be adrenaline-fueled, you know. I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie, like motorbikes (laughs) like to skydive, you know. So, yeah, so I applied and and I got in thinking that it was all about fighting fires and then later learning that it was about so much more, you know, Dealing with road traffic collisions, mm-hmm. dealing with um, water rescues—you mm-hmm. know—it's it, just a wide scope of things we do with more everything else mm-hmm. than fires. So it's a very interesting journey. It ended with the Croydon tram derailment, mm-hmm. Grenfell—you mm-hmm. know. So see, these were jobs there.
0: You must have seen some pretty scary, shocking things.
1: Yeah, it's um, throughout my thirteen years. Yeah, I did, I, I saw a lot. But my mother passed away cancer mm-hmm. um, three months before I started the training
0: mm-hmm.
1: for the fire service. And seeing my mother mm-hmm. dead in the front room mm-hmm. and the funeral directors come and mm-hmm. put her in a bag, and mm-hmm. that pain in that mm-hmm. set me up mm-hmm. perfectly mm-hmm. for the job. Because once you've seen that,
0: there's nothing else. That there's going to talk that.
1: So but that, that carried me mm-hmm throughout my career mm-hmm. uh, you know ordinarily very sensitive to, mm-hmm. to death mm-hmm. you know that carried me throughout my career up until you know Croydon Tram Development and, and Grenfell which did have an effect on my mental health because it was unlike anything I'd ever seen the most traumatic event I'd ever experienced um, so yeah that had me I can't lie that had me in a dark place mm. um, did you get support
0: and help from the services for that
1: yeah the the, the Fire service has a wellbeing and counselling service. Mm-hmm. Um, initially, I didn't go. Initially, I didn't go, although I know I needed to because there were several people who had been affected yeah. and who needed to go. And because I, I arrived at Grenfell eight hours after mm. the initial fire took place, mm. I was on the blue watch, the red watch, who were there for the initial, I just thought to myself, I'm just gonna hang back mm. and let them get seen first. Mm-hmm. Because you know they didn't have enough counselors, they had to draft people in. But then it came to a point, four, five, six months down the line, where I thought, okay, I can't hang back anymore. Mm. I need to go, and, I, and it, you know, it really helped me. Mm. It really helped me just um opening up, opening up, and expressing mm-hmm. my feelings, talking about how I feel, mm-hmm. writing again. That's mm-hmm. a very cathartic experience for me. So being able to write that book about my journey and putting all my thoughts and feelings mm-hmm. and my focus and my intention to it, you know, that, that really helped with my recovery. Yoga, meditation, mm-hmm. you know, so there were several different aspects, but the counselling from the fire service, that, yeah, that was really, really helpful.
0: Because last week was uh, Mental Health Awareness Week, wasn't it? Um, yeah. And there was a lot of talk and chatter as there always is about it. As, as a sort of young man or kind of growing up in this very um, patriarchal society, mm. How much pressure do you think there is on young men to kind of keep things bottled up and...
1: Yeah, I think this this is, share. It's, you know, it's, it's, I can't stress enough the importance of sharing and expressing the damage it does to you if you keep things inside. And this is one of the reasons why I've just come out and openly mm. express myself mm. all the time with regards to mental health, with regards to absolutely anything, because... You know, so many people have reached out to me, you know, when I post on my social media about mental health, about how I'm feeling, about what depression, what PTSD and anxiety looked like for me, so many people reach out and thank, you, thank me for sharing and then tell me about their journey and what they're going through and ask me, okay, so how did you get through that? And, you no, know, people look at me and think, "Okay, he looks like a <laughs> extract, strapping macho man." If, if he can come out and talk about just thought of feelings, yeah. so can I. You yeah, know, yeah. so that's what I, I try to.
0: It does. It gives people permission, doesn't it? it when, does. they, when they see others doing, it and people mirror each other. Yeah. So it's yeah. been. Yeah, it's, I,
1: I find that so rewarding. Yeah. Because it's health, isn't it?
0: Mm. And I think it's an understated um, issue for a lot of people. Most people focus very much on their physical health, and mm. they neglect their mental health. Um, again another topic we talk about a lot on my podcast is mental health we always go on about physical health and what we eat what we put in our mind and the way we treat our minds is often neglected Um, we don't value uh, the quality of our time spent alone Mm -hmm. that moment and those times to stop and think about what you're doing you know just bringing and looping it back into veganism and kind of witnessing things as well you've obviously witnessed a lot of things with human beings mm. but when as a vegan or an advocate of a veganism you're often exposed to a lot of violent images um, mm-hmm. towards animals on a regular basis and that has a lasting effect and, and they call it second-degree trauma mm-hmm. where people experience a violent situation and it sort of goes and sort of sits inside a person's subconscious mind and affects you and it can cause you know depression and Low self-esteem and anger and all these different things, and that's why it's so important to have community and have friends and have people that you can connect with. Because I think you know we live in a very scary and rapidly changing world, Mm. uh, and it's so important for us to be able to have people around us who we trust, who we can connect with and share our suffering.
1: Definitely, (laughs) definitely, I totally agree with that, and that's for me. That's that's what life is all about. Mm. You know, connecting with people Mm. and. You know, sharing journeys, giving each other hope. Mm-hmm. You know, helping each other through um, challenges, and you know that's that's something that I found very you know important with my journey into mm-hmm. vegans. when I first started. I didn't really have a support network. Mm.
0: And did you did you get a lot of kickback from your fellow firefighters? Yeah, you know, it's it's funny because.
1: Um, at the time, I'd just become vegan and ITV were making, were filming a documentary inside London Fire Brigade that actually aired on um, ITV last year. So they were actually filming like, my journey into veganism, asking me, so Edric, how long have you been a vegan? And why are you a vegan? And how do you feel about the firefighters taking the mick out of you all the time for being a vegan? You know, I used to get the things like, oh, we need meat. We're fire. We're firefighters. Men need me. Mm. Well, <laughs> clearly, clearly, clearly not. So yeah, um, yeah. that was more um, in form of banter. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I did find, you know, on social media, you, you, people distance themselves mm.
0: you know? friends and you're from your yeah, circle
1: yeah from my social people yeah, yeah. Di- people distance themselves you know
0: because you know, they because think that you're becoming a hippie and are going to like of,
1: it comes with a lot of stigma oh, yeah. i'm vegan yeah. i just think to myself i don't push veganism on mm. on anyone mm-hmm. i i tell you about my journey mm. and i tell you the benefits mm. what i've experienced and i'll just give you the information because mm. i think it's it's so important to have this information, not just for you, but lots of my friends have you know, families and, mm. and children. Mm-hmm. I just think, you're giving your children poison.
0: Mm-hmm. You? Protecting your future and your health. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, especially with like, processed meats. You know, when I realized and came to the understanding about bacon and processed meats mm. and how they're level class one carcinogens, yet we still feed them to children and we give them to people in hospitals it drives me it's incredible but people you know there's plenty of studies to show these effects yet when you challenge people they still don't want to believe you they don't do they they want they want their bacon people like to one of the doctors i think it's Dr Caldwell Esselstyn i think apologies if i quoted him wrong but he says people love to hear good things about their bad habits and the meat industry is is intrinsically entwined with the media Billions of dollars or pounds even go into advertising to promote these products and the status quo is human beings need to continue to Consume animal products because it's a multi-trillion pound industry mm. a multi-billion pound industry um, You know our economies are essentially built on the backs mm. of animals obviously a lot of people too, but mostly it's animals animal, yeah. Predominantly animals and they don't want things to change
1: there's, And that's you've, you've hit the nail on the head. There's this there's, there's no money in veganism. No but bro- money and broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> but that's 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 exactly what it is, and yeah. uh, for me that's why it should be so mm. so easy for, mm. for for people to understand. Mm. It does it, it I've got a daughter, Myra Grace, she's, she's six years old mm. and you know, she comes I, I have her once a month for four days because so she lives very far in Ipswich mm. and she comes over I oh, even we have pancakes, we we'll go and get pancakes and Oh, I, I want bacon, mm. and I'm just like, ah, oh, I can't give you bacon, baby. Mm. Oh, yeah, but I'm not a vegan. <laughs> I said, yeah, I know, baby, mm. but this is the thing. Daddy doesn't eat bacon because mm. he knows that mm. bacon is very bad for you, so if mm. I don't eat it, mm. How can I give it to you if I love you? Mm. Your mummy gives it to you because she doesn't believe that. Mm. But it's that must be quite painful for you. It's hard. Like, yeah. It's like you yeah. give my dog bacon and yeah, yeah. and yeah, Harry Bows sweets, yeah. gelatin. gelatin. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Do you know what that is? <laughs> and they think we're crazy, don't they? Exactly. Yeah, yeah we're the crazy ones. Yeah. That, um, yeah. yeah.
1: I, the only thing that makes it easier for me is I have to revert back to the mm. fact that okay, I have been a vegan for two years, mm. and before that mm. I was. Mm. Ignorant mm-hmm. of the expense. yeah, yeah. But then you choose to be, mm-hmm. you know. If anyone had given me the, that information mm-hmm. at any stage in my life,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I would have gone. Mm-hmm. I would have gone vegan. But I just, I just think, okay. I tell myself it's the belief system, mm-hmm. you know. Just because I've opened my eyes and it was easy for me to open my eyes, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean it's easy for for everyone else. So I try. Yeah, that's the only thing that makes it a bit easier for me. But mm-hmm. I try and talk to her, talk mm-hmm. to her
0: mum. And do you speak to her mum much?
1: Yeah, I speak to her. Um, yeah, so you, uh, yeah.
0: So you got you got opportunity to plant seeds.
1: Yeah, she, I mean, to be to be fair, she's got, she's a lot better than she was. Yeah. She doesn't give us as, as much meat yeah. as as she used to, mm. um, which you know is.
0: Good for me yeah know. it's moving in the right direction yeah, okay. with regards kind of um, taking on board this philosophy and this idea some people not some people but there are people who say oh veganism is a white thing that mm. it's a white westernist mm. thing now being uh, a vegan of colour like how is it in the in sort of you know the black community when it comes to veganism because speaking to some of my other black friends they've said it's quite difficult to uh, share this philosophy with yeah. their other f- black friends and family because they feel like it's kind of white people telling black people what to yeah. do you know when it comes to health or ethics or they don't want to be able to have you know as a minority you yeah. don't want the majority saying this is what you should be doing yeah. so is it quite a challenge to kind of communicate yeah, d- it do
1: you know what it? it, it at times with, with, with different people. Even yeah. my, my aunt's a, a doctor, she had her surgery, she's retired now. And I remember when I became a vegan, she, she laughed at me. <laughs> you know, she, she's vegan now. Mm. You know? And <laughs> you know, when I spoke to her about it, she said, look, mm. you know, when I was studying to become a doctor mm. and the training, they don't teach you mm. any of this. No, they don't. Know, we, we, we're taught how to, about medicine to medicate. Pills,
0: Yeah, pill for
1: every ill. Yeah, but food is the medicine, Mm -hmm. you know, so, and then most of my family were in the States. Mm. And, you know, I just spent three months out there. I've only been back for six weeks. Mm. And even out there, I went to um, my cousin's house. Mm. There was a graduation Mm -hmm. party, and it was fried chicken, Mm. cheese, Mm -hmm. and it was all, I just looked, it looked like a heart attack on the table,
0: right? or brown food, yeah, and just nothing green. And
1: there was there was a guy there, a, a friend, a friend of the family who had suffered a heart attack, and he was there eating the the stuff. So I tried to speak to him, and yeah. it was like he was looking at me and saying, "Man, now nah, I need my chicken." And then, yeah. and I was just thinking to myself, "You you actually know that you're you're killing yourself." Yeah but you can't stop yourself mm-hmm. from eating this food. So I, yes, I just feel it's so hard, it is, it's so hard to, to get through to certain people because it is a, a massive part of, of culture mm-hmm. and tradition, but you know, people need to ask themselves, you know, what do you want out of life, longevity? But
0: this, the, the, this is why it's so important for the vegan community to be diverse and to have many t- people at the table talking and sharing from their perspective, their unique perspective of what veganism means to them. Obviously, veganism at its core is about animals, but each of us comes to that table with With, our culture, with our music, with our fashion, with our opinions and views and poetry and whatever. And we all come with a beautiful and individual slant on what we can express, veganism, to others. And I think it's so important, especially in the UK, in a multicultural, multiracial society where we all get along for for the most part. Like, we all, like, it's, it's a pretty... I mean, there's, 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 yeah, there's a good community mm-hmm. here, especially in London, like people get along. Yeah. You know, uh, it's very different to the US. Mm-hmm. It's a very big divide between, between the races yes. and the cultures um, and it's really hard to bridge those gaps. Mm-hmm. And I think in the UK, we have a real opportunity um, to build this new culture, this vegan culture, which is people of many races and cultures and nationalities, yeah, and we share this love of animals, this care of the environment, this love of each other, mm. and we see each other as people you know yeah. um, but it, it is a, it is a problem it is like diversity is a problem because the vegan community is predominantly white, not because of um, exclusion, but I think because of sheer numbers and mm. I, potentially social economic issues and stuff like that as well mm. and I think like how how do we kind of build a strong connection with people, you know, to make sure that more people come together? Because a lot of the time people do spend time in different groups, don't they? And there's not a lot of mixing between people. But I don't necessarily think, especially in the UK or London, it's intentional. I just think exposure to people in different cultures needs, people need to make an effort to connect with each other. Yeah,
1: I think, think, you know, to a degree, I I feel like social media, Mm can bridge that gap. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's why, I mean, I've always, I've never been a massive fan of social media. It's only since, you know, publishing my book. Yeah. I've like been, oh, you need to get on social media. <laughs> yeah. You need to start doing Instagram stories and this, and <laughs> the other. That's always been a bit oh, cringe for me, but I'm, I'm getting used to it now. And, and what helps me is the fact that the response I get from people when I put mm. certain things out there,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, about veganism, mm. you know, even I did this talk today for, um, um black history month mm-hmm. you know about my journey through the fire brigade and afterwards because i spoke a little bit about veganism afterwards you know there were three black guys mm-hmm. who came up to me oh yeah tell me about the veganism mm-hmm. and one of them trained mm-hmm. and you could see he was stacked Interested. and he looked at me mm-hmm. and he's like wow i didn't think you know and i just said yeah, well you can mm-hmm. you know plant yeah. protein plant power yeah so i just you know i gave him a little bit of literature mm-hmm. added me on on um facebook and instagram mm-hmm. and i just feed it through but I just think it's 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 information and it's role modelling. Mm,
0: right it's so true because yeah. you know when you look at kind of media you often just see a wall of white faces yeah, that's... and you don't see and often just men yeah. as well and this we have the how we have this problem in the vegan community yeah. as well that you know some 87 percent of the vegans are women yeah but then all the people quotes leading the movement or there on the media are all mostly men in yeah. the doctors and the fitness people yeah. you know so i think not just with race is also an issue with gender you know Definitely. men need to step back a bit and pick the women and uh, not pick the women like <laughs> rephrase that <laughs> <laughs> like raise make up make the women, yeah, yeah. Make yeah. way. That's a yeah. perfect expression. Make way for the women because you know, for most of our history on this planet, men have dominated our culture. Yeah. And you know, with this culture, vegan culture, women are the ones leading. Exactly. But then the men are the ones uh, the at the front. One. Yeah.
1: Should be, it should, it should, we should all be there together. But yeah, yeah. definitely agree. I, I never get that. You know, with yeah. men leading, when yeah. women are the ones who give birth to men.
0: Yeah. Leading. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. it is an interesting Profound. thing. So, so obviously um, you launched your book, you released your book?
1: Yes, uh, Into the Fire released um, about a month
0: ago. So tell us a bit about that and how's it been going? Yeah, it's
1: going really well at the moment. That's that's about my journey inside and outside of the London Fire Brigade. Mm -hmm. So in terms of the job, it gives it insight to what we fundamentally do, not just putting out fires, but it's the Funny stories mm. like uh, there was this woman who continuously got a toe mm-hmm. stuck in the tap. <laughs> that's really what I said. Yeah, my toe is stuck, you know, and you know
0: <laughs> that actually happened. Yeah, that's the, hilarious. Twice, yeah. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> two
1: or three times, and then a fire, a, a, a cannabis fire, and then leading to incidents such as Grenfell and the Croydon tram derailment, and you know what I did there and how that affected me yeah. mentally, and then and then just my journey through life. Mm-hmm. previous to the fire brigade but working in the prison service mm-hmm. with, with cons and mm-hmm. you know um what was is it working in the prison service and then my my story of losing my mother mm-hmm. at uh, an early age mm-hmm. all the death mm-hmm. that i've experienced i've mm-hmm. lost over 18 people in the last 13 years oh my lord yeah you know and a, and a lot of that has been has been mm-hmm. cancer mm-hmm. you know so it it takes you on a journey mm-hmm. you know It's Ultimately, it's a story of resilience and, mm. and courage. It. Mm-hmm. it sends a message that says love and compassion, mm. really. Mm-hmm. It says, you know, there's no challenge that we can't mm. overcome.
0: You certainly embody that message because you are glowing. So. Yeah, I just, you know, <laughs> I, I, I live it, I
1: live, I, I do, yeah. I live yeah, it, yeah. the positivity yeah. and just in the present, in the present moment, you know.
0: Because I think that's our greatest power as human beings is to share that love with others and we can do that with our art or our books or our words or our exactly. food you know people always ask how can I be a better vegan activist or how can I be a more compassionate person I think it's giving yes. you know, give your words give your stories give your food give exactly. your love you know that Cheering. is what we need yeah and
1: and genuine
0: compassion of course yeah genuine
1: you know and that's that's the only reason I you know some of my stories actually are very intimate and very mm-hmm. personal but for me this is what life is about. Mm. It's about connecting with people, sharing your stories mm-hmm. of your challenges to help people overcome mm. similar challenges that they may be facing. It's about togetherness, mm. strength and unity. So that's the message I always try to push out. And love for all.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, living life by the golden rule. Mm. Treat other yeah. people how you want to be treated.
0: Everyone, Definitely. animals, Definitely. come on, be for voiceless. <laughs> Speaking of animals, so like why do you think why you know animals are so different to us? They look different, they've got different they don't speak our languages. Why should we care about animals, do you think?
1: Because Yeah, everything's in the eyes. Mm. You know, you look at any animal in the mm. eyes, and you can see love. Mm. You know, you can see feelings. Mm-hmm. They feel like we feel. Mm-hmm. They breathe like we breathe. Mm-hmm. You know, they they everything we humans beings are very mm-hmm. similar creatures. Mm-hmm. But fundamentally, that is a life mm-hmm. that doesn't belong to me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: My life belongs to me. Mm-hmm. That animal's life belongs to that animal. Mm-hmm. I have no right to that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, we're all entitled to, to free will. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at. It's funny, someone's telling me about, oh why vegans, so vocal. And you know, hardcore mm-hmm. vegan activists, extremists, and <laughs> and it's, it's a funny one because, <clears throat> I get it, mm. when I first became a vegan, mm. I, I was very angry, I, I wanted to cut people off, mm. I had to keep on reminding myself of where I was not so long ago. Um, but then you look at slavery, there used to be slavery once upon a time, mm. people woke up, mm-hmm. slavery was a, abolished. Mm. But and
0: I it thought, was legal and acceptable and... Yeah, there you go, yeah. and it
1: was part of tradition. Mm-hmm. You know, so when, you know, I think it's all about putting yourself in the other person's shoes. Mm. So when I think about that, I think, okay, let's just, let me take myself back to slavery and I just think, like an animals, animals, they've been enslaved. Mm-hmm. I think, okay, vegan activists, hardcore. If I was an animal, mm-hmm. what would I want people mm-hmm. to be doing for me? i to be going crazy, <laughs> stop this, kill everyone, <laughs> save us. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but the only thing with that is, mm. you know, the message, some people respond to that. Mm. But a lot of people don't.
0: No, most don't. Yeah, most don't. So
1: that's why I think it's 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 so important to to come from a a place of love and understanding. You
0: know, because we have to be patient with people, even though, even though, sorry about that. Even though time is running out for our planet. I'm just you see all the news saying that we have about twelve years left uh, to turn the climate crisis around. If we don't there 's going to be catastrophic mm. shifts in our weather systems, more ru- floods, more forest fires, more droughts, more everything um, and you know it 's going to be bad, regardless, but if we don 't make these shifts now, um, there will be no future for mm. any of us, especially our children. Yeah. we will be handing our children a desolate, barren, sterile world and mm. you know and this is what drives me personally on a daily basis to push this message as far and wide as possible because you know look around our society we're built on the backs of animals but also people and also the earth Mm. you know we have um essentially um abused our position we've awoken in this planet sentient beings and in in many ways you could say this planet was a gift and it is a gift a precious gift but we have um squandered that gift yeah we're not nurturing it and some people say we don't deserve the earth you know we have we have this opportunity to live in harmony with this beautiful world, mm. but we have decided to rip its heart out and eat it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, fundamentally, that's what's, that's, that's what's happening, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's hard to watch, especially mm-hmm. you know, when you have children yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I feel like mm-hmm. as long as individually and together we're, we're given 100% mm-hmm. and doing all we can do to push this mm-hmm. message out there mm-hmm. and to open the people's eyes, what else can we do?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. So, um, other than being a f- uh, an ex-firefighter, uh, an author, mm-hmm. you're also are speaking as well.
1: I've just started um, doing some public speaking oh. after um, the release of my book mm-hmm. and appearance in the documentary. Quite a few um, schools, other organisations, reached out and mm-hmm. asked me, you know, if oh, I'm interested in doing public speaking to come and mm-hmm. speak to the kids to inspire, to, mm-hmm. to motivate, mm. uh, mentoring as well, for, uh, His foster kids in a yeah. care home in, in Milton Keynes and um, obviously it's something naturally, standing up in front of people is like, it's uncomfortable for mm-hmm. me, you know, but when you're talking, just like vegans, when you're talking about something that you're passionate about, mm. that fear goes away mm-hmm. because it's overcome, your passion overcomes that fear. And it's, it's just like the transition to veganism. Your your passion and your, your why, the reason you're doing it, is stronger than your craving for, for meat or okay. animal products. So yeah, so that's something that I'm currently engaged with. I did my second public speaking event today. Congratulations.
0: Uh, thank you very much, it went really well. Really? Um, How does it feel standing up there and sharing these stories with people?
1: It feels good because when I'm standing up there and I'm looking at people and I'm engaging, Mm. it resonates. Mm. So after the talk, many people bought the book and they came and spoke to me about their stories, telling me that, oh, my mum passed away three years ago and this is how I'm handling it or I'm not handling it. And I just think to myself, that makes me feel so good because then I can connect with that person Mm. and they know that I understand, Mm. you know, so I can empathise. And for me, that's, you know, nothing beats that making difference in someone's life fire service 13 years for the whole i loved it you know Mm -hmm. you're saving lives you're you're helping people but it's a it's a physical help a physical hand outstretched hand to help someone in a moment of need
0: Mm.
1: now it's emotional Mm -hmm. you know because through my life journey and and my challenges i've realized that once again, yeah, physical is awkward, but a lot mm. of it is, is mental. People mm. need that emotional help, that emotional support. Mm. Um, so that's what I'm doing now.
0: I'm, mm. I'm, I'm Sounds scared. really fulfilling yeah, to no, be able to share that. Definitely,
1: that's, that's my calling. Yeah. You know, I just think, uh, so many people that are um, obsessed these days with you know, superficial mm. and material things, and I, I just think, you know, when my time comes mm. and I ask myself, what did I do with mm. my life? The only thing that will give my life meaning is mm. I helped people. Mm-hmm. They needed help and, mm. and I gave them help. I shared mm-hmm. my story. Mm. I enriched your life. Mm. I helped you to become the best version of yes. yourself. And that's what I do with my, my personal training mm. clients, mm-hmm. you know, with people that I mentor, mm. with friends, with family. It's just a positive message. Like, mm. Let's change the mindset. Because mm-hmm. a lot of this, it's just, just about mindset. It is, yeah. You know, if you change the way, as you say if you change the way you look at things
0: the things you look at change is that that's it? right yeah Yeah. that's you know. yeah, so true yeah. coming to the end now because uh, mm. we're almost out of time if you were stranded on that fictional vegan desert island mm. <laughs> okay you know the desert island people are like if you were on an island with yeah, a pig yeah. if I could give you um, a book an album and one vegan dish what would they be? Oh, stranded on a, a book
1: an album and one vegan dish. That's all you could eat. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a tricky one. Okay. So, my vegan dish, yeah, my vegan dish would definitely be sweet potato and chickpea mm-hmm. curry. Mm-hmm. It's my favourite. I make it all the time with spinach as well. Rich. I love it. I, maybe two, three times a week sometimes. You know, okay, so that would be my vegan dish. Um, my album, Oh, I'm a, I'm a Michael Jackson fan. Nice. You know, and I'll just take it back old school. If I was <laughs> gonna be there for a while, it'll be Michael Jackson and a book. I think it'll be The Alchemist. I don't know if you've read that, but I
0: absolutely love the Alchemist. Yeah, Our last guest actually said The Alchemist as well. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's one of my favourite books. Yeah, works. one of my favourite yeah. So
1: yeah, that would yeah. be my favorite. Can I yeah. ask you yours? I'm curious.
0: Mm, that's a good question. Yeah. I don't usually get asked. Yeah, I'll throw it back <laughs> to you. Yeah. Um hmm. A book would probably be uh, Biocentrism okay. by Robert Lanza, which is, talks about how the universe um, and consciousness are intrinsically entwined. Um, a dish would probably be um, a voodoo bowl, which is okay. like baked tofu, broccoli, brown rice, black, be- black beans, um, and, a, and something else I can remember. <laughs> and some <laughs> And my album would be probably oh what do I, I'm listening at the moment but what do I love good question um, not so easy though it isn't so, so easy because yeah. I, I listen to lots of different yeah. kinds of music I'd probably listen to I'd probably have like not an album but I'd have take Chopin music okay. with me like classical music yeah because think about that like, yeah. because you know when you're out there alone I think I'd need some uh, some calming yeah, serenity. music. some serene <laughs> music to keep me together yeah. <laughs> but Ed thank you it's been an absolute no, pleasure has been to great to have you on the podcast Take good care. Great to meet you. Thanks for joining us, everyone. I've been your host, Robbie Lockie, and this is the PBN Podcast. We'll be back next week with more veganism, fashion, food, technology, science, and everything in between. Thanks.